Part 1 Ruth I'm afraid, Mrs. Becker, the news is not altogether comforting. I am in a posh private clinic in Bondi Junction with harbour views. Professor Melnikov has silver hair and half-glasses, a sky-blue silk tie and long hands clasped together on his desk. His thumbs play dryly with one another. I wonder whether this man has been trained to deal with the people around the body part of interest to him. In this case, my brain. Probably not. Melnikov, in his quietness, has the manner of one who appreciates having a large white nuclear tomb between him and another person. And he has seen inside my mind. He is preparing to tell me the shape and weight and creeping betrayals of it. Last week they loaded me into the MRI machine, horizontal, in one of those Ferdampton gowns that do not close at the back, designed to remind one of the fragility of human dignity, to ensure obedience to instruction, and as a guarantee against last-minute flight. Loud ticking noises as the rays penetrated my skull. I left my wig on. It's Dr. Becker, actually, I say. Outside of the school, I never used to insist on the title. But I have found, with increasing age, that humility suits me less. Ten years ago, I decided I didn't like being treated like an old woman, so I resumed full and fierce use of the honorific. And comfort, after all, is not what I'm here for. I want the news. Melnikov smiles and gets up, and places the transparencies of my brain, black and white photo slices of me, under clips on a light board. I notice a real Miro, not a print, on his wall. They socialised the health system here long ago, and he can still afford that. There was nothing to be afraid of then, was there? Well, Dr. Becker, he says, these bluish areas denote the beginnings of plaquing. I'm a doctor of letters, I say, in English, if you don't mind. You're really not doing too badly for your age. I make my face as blank as I can manage. A neurologist should know at the very least that age does not make one grateful for small mercies. I feel sane enough young enough to experience loss as loss. Then again, nothing and no one has been able to kill me yet. Melnikov returns my gaze mildly, his fingertips together. He has a soft unhurriedness in his dealings with me. Perhaps he likes me. The thought comes as a small shock. It's the beginning of deficit accumulation, Aphasia, short-term memory loss, perhaps damage to some aspects of spatial awareness to judge from the location of the plaquing. He points to soupy areas at the upper front part of my brain. Possibly some effect on your sight, but let's hope not at this stage. On his desk sits a wheel calendar, an object from an era in which the days flipped over one another without end. Behind him the harbour shifts and sparkles, the great green lung of this city. Actually, Professor, I am remembering more, not less. He removes his half-glasses. 
his eyes are small and watery, the irises seeming not to sit flush with the whites. He is older than I thought. You are? Things that happened, clear as day. A whiff of kerosene, unmistakable, though that can't be right. Melnikov holds his chin between thumb and forefinger, examining me.